At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, We guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Greg Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the sports betting network. It's hour number three of the Greg Peterson experience right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. And we got a tremendous hour coming up for you as we're going to have pretty much a sandwich of sports with. The bread ends being college basketball. We're going to break down college basketball here in the first segment and to wrap up the show as well, give you guys what I like on a card that I think we've got 79 games on. It might be more like 78 or 80, but at last count, I think we've got 79 college basketball games on the card. So I want to break down as many as I can as humanly possible as we've got some Big Ten games to get to. And in the middle, we've got Scott Reichel, who does amazing work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Going to talk a little NFL and NBA with him. So, we're going to get you guys covered college basketball, football, NBA. So, whenever you're liking, we're going to get that for you. And what I do like is some Big Ten basketball. And we've got a very fast end game between the two schools that start with an I Indiana and Iowa. This is 819, 820 on the board. Iowa between a one and one and a half point favorite. Total on this game is anywhere between 152 and 152 and a half. And such a fascinating handicap because both of these teams are without some critical pieces. Xavier Johnson is still out of the fold for Indiana. He suffered an injury in that game against Kansas. Really, the main ball handler was able to give out five assists per game, so that means that Jalen hood Shafino needs to step up for this Indiana team. Meanwhile, Patrick McCaffrey is now going to be out of the fold for Iowa. Double-figure score that was able to chip in their four and a half rebounds per game, but I do take a look at Iowa and I play some as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm going to be willing to lay the number. Now, you did also see with Indiana, Trace Jackson Davis was dealing with some injuries. I think it was back-related, but they were just resting him in some last games before Christmas against the likes of Kennesaw State. He should be good to go in this one. If he's not good to go, well, then you're able to inflate Iowa, and if you take it right now and he doesn't go, you're going to get really, really, really good value, but... I would expect to see Trace Jackson Davis in this game. And even if he does not, this is still an Indiana team. That is rock solid down low. They bring in Malik Renu, and he's been able to do a solid job of being able to team up with Trace Thompson as these two guys have been able to combine for in the neighborhood of about 17 to 18 or so points per contest. Both of these guys do a good job of being able to pull on boards. Thompson, 6.4 rebounds. He chips in their 1.4 blocks per contest. Renu has been able to give you four rebounds per game. Has a little bit of stretchability, but... He's really a little bit more of a down-in-the-post sort of player. Miller Kopp has been able to do a solid job of being able to bury about 44.5% of his threes, 9.5 points per game. But 
The luster has really come off of Indiana recently. It's been rough for them to say the least. And for Iowa, man, this team has been a free falling. They lose to Eastern Illinois as a 31 point favor, which is the biggest point spread upset we've seen in college basketball this century. And I'm not even kidding when I say that. And then they look less than impressive against Penn State. They were able to make it a four point loss. They were never really that close in the game. I'm gonna I'm gonna call it like it is. They were not playing that well, and then they got blown out on the road against Nebraska. So they're coming off of three straight losses, and for that matter, they've really lost four out of their last five games. But I do think that this team is gonna be able to rise up a little bit because even without McCaffrey in the fold, what they do have is Philip Aracha. Aracha, who came in from North Dakota, has done a solid job, 14 points, eight and a half rebounds per game, and then you got Chris Murray who him being out of the fold is a big reason why they lost that game against Eastern Illinois. That probably doesn't happen without him. So embarrassing, but this guy's one of the most impactful players in all of college basketball. 20.5 points, 9.8 rebounds, throws in there a block. He's able to shoot 37% from three-point range on six threes per contest as a eight. Nice combo player. You still got Tony Perkins, Peyton Samford. These are guys that are able to combine for about 19.5 points per game. Perkins has been able to dole out right around three assists per contest. And still an Iowa team that, despite all of their deficiencies, they're still a top-five team in all of college basketball in terms of fewest turnovers on a per-possession basis. The offensive efficiency down just a little bit, but they're actually doing a better job of being able to create turnovers this year than they have in past years. As they've been able to get right around 13 and a half turnovers per game, so they're doing a solid job there with Indiana. They have been struggling quite a bit in their backcourt ever since they saw Xavier Johnson go down. I think that this is a little bit of a bad spot, and you always have to have a lot of respect for the home court environments in the Big Ten. Going to places like Carver Rock Arena, the Breslin Center, the Cole Center, the Rack, and good grief, the Rack is a house of horrors for so many out in the Big Ten. I think that that is incredibly important. I do think that Iowa gets the job done on their home floor. I made them a two and a half point favorite, and I do think that things are going to be a little bit more moderate in terms of tempo. I think that Patrick McCaffrey being out of the fold is going to affect the efficiency of this Iowa team just a little bit, and it's an Indiana team that, by and large, has been able to play some relatively solid defense. I do recognize that they've had a little bit of a less than savory stretch towards the back half of November into early December, but they still rank 29th in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. Iowa at home, they're giving up right around 10.5 points, or actually 11.5 points fewer per one of our possessions than they are on the road as well. So a circumstance in which I'm going to be taking a look at this total under some might add more around a 149 and a half, and I'm willing to lay up to a two and a half in this spot with Iowa as well. So we're going to be riding with the home team and, how about if we take a look at what I think is such an interesting game because I mentioned it. The Rack is a house of horrors for so many and Maryland has to go into that environment. This is 737-738 on the betting board. Rutgers between a 5.5 to a 6-point favorite. Total on this game is aimed between 130.5 and 131. And the big question here with Rutgers is how do they come off of success? Because they just knocked off the number one team in all of college basketball. Any team that does that, they... Rightfully should be elated, jumping up and down and feeling very good about themselves. But now you've got a Rutgers team that they have to figure out how to be able to get by a Maryland team that they are in the exact opposite circumstance. Maryland on New Year's Day threw up a turn against Michigan. I'm going to call it what it is. They got down in that game 40-13. to 13. They scored 46 points. And for Maryland, this offense has been pretty offensive. 60 points or fewer in four of their last six games. So offensive in the worst sort of ways. But with that said, this is still a Maryland team that, have been, that has been one of your better defensive teams in all of college basketball. It really doesn't compare to Rutgers. Rutgers has been just absolutely bearing down on defense. Third in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. At home, that goes up to, well, still number three, as Yale and Tennessee are the only teams giving up fewer points on a per-possession basis. But this Maryland team, even on the road, they've still been able to do a relatively solid job on defense. They're only giving up about 1.9 points more per 100 possessions on the road rather than at home. So, I mean, they've done a solid job there. They're ranked 45th in the country with this regard. They're going to really need Julian Reese coupled with Dante Scott to be able to hold up down low. They're able to give you 13 rebounds per game, and they've got the tough task of Cliff Amarui. Amarui, 15 points, 10 rebounds per game, double-double machine for Rutgers. And with Rutgers, the big thing for them is that they generate turnovers. In terms of turnovers force on a per-possession basis, Rutgers is a team that ranks in the top 10 in all of college basketball. So you've got three different guys that give you at least two steals per contest. They are the only team in all of college basketball that's able to say that. 
Cam Spencer, Paul Muke, who's actually been a really nice facilitator for this team as well. He's been able to throw in there four and a half assists per game. And then Caleb McConnell. McConnell does a good job, 10 points, five and a half boards. And I really think that he's a, if not at the very, at the very minimum, he's a top five defender in all of college basketball, if not a top three. He is that good on the defensive side of things for this team. So I do think that this is going to be grimy. I think that it's going to be tough for Maryland to be able to exceed 60, but I do think that Maryland is going to be able to hold up in this game because they got a Rutgers team that shooting about 31.5% from three-point range. Now, they allow opponents to shoot just 25% from three. They are the real deal with that regard. It also tells you that they're getting a little bit lucky. A 25% opponent's three-point shooting percentage, it's just not sustainable, even for the best of best defenses. And I do think that Jameer Young is going to be able to do a good job of being able to keep this Maryland team at bay. I think that he's going to do a nice job not turning the ball over too much. He's been trusted all season long. Comes in from Charlotte, 14 points, four and a half boards, three assists per game. Akeem Hart, he's really your main three-point shooter for this. Maryland team shooting 38.8% from three-point range. Six is the absolute minimum five-point for me on Maryland, as I did set my handicap at five and a half personally. But once we get to six, that's what I'm willing to buy in on with Maryland. And I do think that you're going to get another yucky, slow game. Neither of these teams are up-tempo. Neither of these teams doing a great job on offense. Both of these teams doing a very rock-solid job on defense. Did set my total at 126 half, so I'm looking at the under end. Six, once again, absolute minimum that I'm willing to take with Maryland, but willing to take Maryland once we get to the six. Here is another team that I'm going to be willing to lay a big number on. Before with Houston, like I mentioned towards the back half of last hour, it's because they're really, really good. It's because the team that they're playing against in this instance just stinks. 765, 766 on the betting board. UW-Green Bay. Brownie face going on the road against IPFW. Fort Wayne between an 18 to an 18 and a half point favorite in your total on this game and between 136 and 137. UW Green Bay just doesn't rate well in any metric in college basketball. I mean, why they fired Link Darner two years ago, I will continue to say it. I have absolutely no idea. They bring in Will Ryan. He's the son of Bo Ryan. So as you can imagine, UW Green Bay playing a very slow, methodical style, but this program just got completely wrecked by that move, and ever since then, UW-Green Bay has not been a good cover team, and they're just an unesthetically pleasing team to watch. You've got a Fort Wayne team that they do rank in the top 60 in terms of possessions per game. They go up against a UW-Green Bay team that's right around 290th, but UW-Green Bay, and these are real numbers, by the way, 361st in the country in three-point shooting percentage at 25.7%. They... Turn the ball over 15 times per game, despite the fact that they are in the bottom 75 in terms of total possessions per game, and they're not guarding a nosebleed. As I mean, opponents are shooting 35.5% from three-point range on them. You've got one guy in Cade Meyer that's able to give you 11.5 points per game, and that's it. You don't have anyone on the screen Bay team that gives you more than four rebounds per game. You've got one player that gives you more than 1.2 assists per game. This is just absolutely terrible, and they go up against a Fort Wayne team that you've got Ari Capati doing a good job of being able to give this team right around eight rebounds per game. And then Jared Godfrey is Mr. Do-It-All for this team. He's been able to chip in there 15 and a half points per game. His three-point shooting has been down this year as opposed to past years, but still he's able to give you five and a half boards. He seems to be coming around with this three-point shooting in the month of December. Shot more around 34, 35% from three. 18 is really the max I'm willing to lay, but I'm willing to lay it here. I'm with UW-Green Bay. There's no trusting in this team being able to give you points or averaging right around 58 per contest. I'm taking a look at the under as well. And coming up next, we're going to be taking a look at some NFL. Scott Reichel does amazing work over there at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He joins me next here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. 
Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. Winter sports are in full swing, and BetRivers Online Sportsbook is your home for the latest odds, lines, and boosts. Whether you're a hockey, basketball, or football fan, BetRivers has you covered. Join us every week for new promotions like our Tuesday Hockey First Goal Insurance, Sunday Football Parlay Insurance, and so much more as it is a whole new game. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, and it is great to be joined by our guest, Scott Reichel. does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, and Scott it's always a pleasure to have you aboard, my friend. Thank you. Yep, thanks for having me. Scott, before we dive into the games, I've asked this already to a few guests, and I do think that it's a question that is worth asking to every single person because I feel like I ask this question to 10 different people. I'm going to get 10 different answers. Have you had to change your handicap a little bit this week for Week 18? Because just in general, Week 18 slash what used to be Week 17 when it was last week, it always turns out to be a little bit funky. But on top of that, just the very sad and unfortunate events that happened on Monday Night Football. Have you had to make any sort of adjustments with your handicapping because it's just an unprecedented week? Yeah, it definitely is. As for the uh, tragic event that happened on Monday Night Football, that has not really changed any type of my handicapping for any of those uh, teams that were involved. As for the Week 18 aspect of it, of course, you got to factor in all the news reports on which quarterbacks are going to be behind center, which players will be arrested. I'm going to get into a couple of plays in a second where I think that the books might actually be, I'd say, overrating the amount of players that actually will be missing games based on what coaches have set up to this point. But for the most part, my advice to all of you, if you are worried about the Week 18 card, sometimes less is more. If you're afraid of backing games with teams that might not care, then you might want to avoid those games and focus on games that actually matter. Of course, that eliminates each amount of the card, but if you want to limit the variance and you're a little bit scared of guessing what coaches will do with some games that might not matter per se, you could always just only bet on the games that matter. Yeah, but absolutely. And if you're feeling a little bit shaky about betting on football this week, you know what? There's still NBA out there. We're going to be talking about that a little bit later on. There's still a lot of college basketball out there as well, which that always brings a little bit of a smile to my face as well. But that said, certainly is a strange week in the NFL in general. And it's very strange to see what we're going to be getting on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they're in a clinch spot. And not very often that you find the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as an underdog to the Atlanta Falcons. But here they are between a four and four and a half point dog with your total 40 and a half. What are you taking a look at in terms of this game? Because it's one of the more interesting games on the card with the Atlanta Falcons. I'm sure they are very curious to see what they've got out of Desmond Ritter and for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm just not sure what you're going to be able to get out of this team considering they're locked into the four seed. Yeah, for me, I like Tampa team total over, and I also am kind of leaning Bucks money line here. It's one of those spots where you see Atlanta's favored and you assume, well, Tampa's not going to care. They clinch the playoff spot. They're going to use the entire bench unit. And then Bowles comes out and says, we're going to use the starters. Now, I'm not sure how long they're going to play, but based on how awful Tampa's been offensively all season long, I don't think they can get away with having a good game against a banged up Carolina secondary and then just punting this game and going to the playoffs. I think they need to build some type of momentum, especially on the offensive end to translate into either playing against the Cowboys or the Eagles, most likely in round one. So I like Tampa, I like a Tampa team total over 17 and a half. And I'm looking at the bucks potentially on the money line. Money line's a riskier play, 
But you're looking at Atlanta's pass defense, and it's horrible, allowing 237.9 passing yards per game, which is the seventh most in the league. And I know Ritter won last week. Are you impressed that they barely beat David Blau? Like, I'm, I'm not particularly impressed by that performance. Are you? Eh, not really. I thought that the Arizona Cardinals were actually going to be able to get the job done as well, too, which was even sadder. And, hey, for the Arizona Cardinals, I will say, David Blau looked halfway decent, but when you're on quarterback number four, I guess one of them has to look halfway decent at some point. And, well, with the Washington Commanders, they've been playing musical chairs at quarterback. If you have any idea why Carson Wentz started this last week, you just let me know because I thought that that was one of the worst moves of the entire season. And as a result, the Commanders... They are most likely not going to be going to the playoffs, but they're going to be playing against the Dallas Cowboys who are between a 7 and a 7.5 point favor with a total between 40.5 and 41. It is going to be Taylor Heineke back at center, and that does give me a little bit of intrigue here with the Washington Commanders. I'm not sure if that does for you or not, but I mean, literally at this point, I think a scarecrow might be better for this Washington Commanders team because Carson Wentz just clearly has lost this team. Yeah, well, two points here. First of all, I'm pretty sure it's not Heineke. I think they announced today that it's actually going to be Sam Howell who's going to get the entire game. I think Heineke was originally going to start, and then they ended up pivoting, and they announced that Howell was going to start in the middle of the afternoon on Wednesday. I'll ask you this, though. Which move was worse, starting Wentz in a must-win game or admitting in the post-game presser you didn't know your team could be eliminated? I would say the latter just because how do you not know if your team is going to be eliminated or not? I'm just saying that they, they both were borderline fireable offenses by Ron Rivera. I'm just asking which one you think is worse. I'll but, go with the latter. Okay. Just wondering. But either way, I like the over in this game. Wentz is not a quarterback, so I have to be tempted by the over. The Cowboys have been involved in a lot of high-scoring games lately. Uh, they scored at least 27 points in each of their last nine They even made Josh Dobbs look decent in basically a week of time after being called up from the practice squad. So the Cowboys defense, we know, is banged up in the secondary. Not exactly great. And with McLaurin and Dotson and some weapons, I do think that the commanders could generate big plays. And the Cowboys defensively have allowed at least 19 points in five of their last six. Cowboys should be motivated. They can put the pressure on the Eagles because they still have a shot technically at the uh, actually winning the division in the NFC East. But the Cowboys might go off against this team that now has no motivation to actually care. And Hal's going to be auditioning to maybe showcase what he can do with this team maybe next year. I think you could see some points here. I think 41's too low. I like the over. Yep, to your point, it is going to be Mr. Howell, like you mentioned. And I liked him while he was at North Carolina. Felt like a rock in the NFL draft. And his name is not Carson Wentz. So that's already a little bit of an upgrade to what we saw last week. So you're able to feel good about that. And when it comes to this Giants versus Eagles game, I think things are getting just a little bit too far out of whack. The Philadelphia Eagles are 14-point favorites. Trelong's game is 43. As we know, the Philadelphia Eagles, due to losing the last two weeks, they now need to win this game in order to ensure the number one seed. And for the Giants, they're locked into their playoff seeding. They're going to be playing in the wild card round. But I just feel like this is still a little bit too lofty of a number in a game that involves a divisional foe. And if I'm sure that we're going to be seeing Jalen Hurts, but I don't think we're going to see just the full Jalen Hurts in this game. He's probably going to be a little bit limited. And as a result, I just can't lay two touchdowns in this ordeal. Yeah, forget about the one seed. I mean, they're they're potentially in danger of having a road playoff game. <laughs> like, they might lose the division. Like, they're, just, they're really kind of crumbling. And I can't say I'm surprised they lost to New Orleans last week. I thought that was kind of a weird spot. But I'm going to go to the Giants' first half, plus nine and a half. The lines balloon because everyone's speculating that the Giants are not going to play anybody. However, Dable in the immediate postgame presser after they beat the Colts said the starters are going to play. So I'm assuming they're going to meet in the middle and the starters will play a half. But I'll take the plus of nine and a half in the first half of the Giants. The number's crazy. You mentioned Hurts might be a little bit rusty. I think he's going to be rusty, especially if he's still battling the injury and he's playing through it. But you're looking at Lane Johnson, who's going to be out for this game as well. The Phillies offensive line, which really struggled last week protecting Minshew, I think might struggle again. The Giants, though, they're definitely a team that's happy to be in the playoffs, obviously. But that, I'm sure they would really enjoy to potentially, you know, uh, ruin some one-seed hopes for a division rival. I like the Giants' first half, though. I'm not going to pick them to win the game. But I do think for 30 minutes with the starters in, they can keep the game competitive enough where it's within seven points. So I'll take the Giants' first half. And that would actually be, ironically enough, a little bit of better news for the Eagles as well, because if the Eagles are able to pull away in the second half, 
That could mean that if a team is scoreboard watching like the San Francisco 49ers, they see it's a one-score game. They've got to keep it in their starters as Mm -hmm. well. So that's an interesting chess game in and of itself. We know that this one is a do-or-die game for the Green Bay Packers. Packers are four-and-a-half-point favorite. Total on this game is 49 to 49-and-a-half. Do you have any sort of a play here? Because I do think that this is really the biggest one of the week and lots of playoff implications on this one. You know, everybody's going to bet Green Bay. It's the night game. If the public gets killed in the early window, all the money's coming in on Green Bay. I can tell you yeah. that right now. But I'm going with the under in this game. I, For me, it's a classic story of a dome team going outdoors. I believe we just saw this with Minnesota last week. And besides a defensive touchdown and a special teams touchdown for Green Bay, the game was pretty low scoring when you think about it before garbage time. But I'm going to go with the under here. Goff outdoors historically has not been great, especially in the cold. But you're looking at the Lions. They want to run the ball. Green Bay offensively, still not great per se. They've been better lately, but of course they still want to run the ball. I think 49 is just too high in a winner go home game. And the Lions might not even have to care about this game because they might be eliminated before the game even takes place. So I'm going to go with the under. And this number is a little bit too high. Green Bay opens up the lead, drains some clock. It's Wisconsin in the middle of January. We both know what that's like. I'm going to lean to the under. Yeah, and the weather is not going to be so savory out there in the great state of Wisconsin. I personally do still have in my weather app plugged in my college hometown of Oshkosh, Wisconsin. And yeah, you're not going to be in for a picnic there either. And even if the Detroit Lions are eliminated from the playoffs, we do know that Dan Campbell, he's going to have his team very much motivated to try to stop the Green Bay Packers at any cost humanly possible. And Coming up next, we're going to be rejoined by Scott Reichel, who does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Hour. Got to get his thoughts on the national title game in college football, along with some NBA. Next, here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, being rejoined by Scott Reichel, who does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And Scott, last segment, we were taking a look at the NFL. Now let's dive into the college football national title game. If you've got anything on North Dakota State versus South Dakota State, you let me know, but I've got absolutely nothing. I don't do anything in terms of FCS football other than bet against South Dakota State when they play against UW Oshkosh once every 40 years, which I'm waiting about. 33 years for that to come again. So I will be banking on that when we get it. But that's at TCU versus Georgia. It's a big one. We've got Georgia between a 12 and 13 point favorite, depending upon where you look and a total between 63 and 63 and a half. How do you evaluate this game? Because the final four games that we saw over the weekend, I mean, it was by far the best college football playoff final four that we have ever gotten. Those games were absolutely rambunctious. And I do think that the total little bit overreactionary to what we saw in those two games. I like the under. Yeah, I, I feel like you're expecting Georgia to play a lot better defensively after they got torched by Stroud and company for most of that game. But I do think I'm going to lean to Georgia in general. Uh, I made a tweet about it. I feel like everyone can agree on the actual premise. Uh, the public's going to blindly bet on TCU for the entire week and a half, and I'm expecting Georgia to win by double digits. It just has the ultimate sharp square, uh, sharp square divide to it. I think the Sharps be all over Georgia. Every advanced metric, et cetera, thinks that TCU is a bit overrated and a bit fluky or lucky to be here. Then again, that's why the public loves them because they're the team of destiny, quote unquote. But I think Georgia is just a much better team. I think Georgia's the best team in the country. They were a bit lucky to beat Ohio State, but they're still more talented than TCU. To go through TCU's win against Michigan, they won, obviously. They had two defensive touchdowns. Michigan fumbled at the one-yard line after that overturned touchdown reception. And then you had that whatever Philly special play on fourth and goal at the two by Michigan. So a lot kind of had to go TCU's way. And you also look at what TCU did well. They did a pretty good job at stopping Michigan's ground game as Edwards had a 54-yard carry in the first drive. The other 39 carries, Michigan averaged 3.4 yards per carry. And Michigan still scored 45 points. Like, that, that's not exactly a good look for TCU's defense. I know the two touchdowns were good. 45 points to McCarthy. Like, that, that's not exactly a great showing there for the pass defense. I think Bennett should be able to find openings in this defense. And you can look at Duggan. He had four touchdowns, two rushing, but he was 14 of 29, and he had two interceptions. 
he wasn't really that good, to be honest, in that game. And I think TCU, despite winning, was a bit fortunate from some questionable play calling in the red zone and some uh, decisions that McCarthy made that resulted in two touchdowns. I like Georgia. I like Georgia first half. I think they'll come in ready to roll after getting off to a slow start against Ohio State. But Georgia was my pick to win the title from the season before it started, and nothing's really changed. I just think they're the much more talented team. I think they will not overlook TCU, and I think eventually TCU is going to run into Goliath here. And I don't think I, don't, I do not think they're going to play David. So I'm going to go with Georgia. And I think that the dominant unit in this game is the Georgia defense. They had a less than savory Final Four performance. I think that they come out and they look much better in this spot. So I think we both agree with parts and pieces of this as well. I don't know if I'm going to be willing to lay as much with Georgia, but I certainly think that they get the job done. And I would not be surprised if they dominate this game myself. And when it comes to the NBA side of things, it's really tough to take a look overnight at the NBA. The reason why I don't do a ton of NBA previews on this show is just because Yes, so no, it's going to be in and out. We saw that over the last 48 hours. Like, OKC, they were able to get the job done outright like 48 hours ago, but they were without Shea Gilders Alexander. You just don't know who's going to be playing or not. But that said, I know that there's one game in particular that you're taking a look at in terms of Boston versus Dallas with the Celtics. They're a two-point favorite total on this game. It's 130. I'll bank on them not giving up 150 points. I feel pretty safe on that one, but... And so where do you stand in terms of this game? Because I do think that this is a interesting matchup and Luca has just been absolutely on fire. Yeah, Luca has been incredible. The issue of the supporting cast is still not great, but I'm going to lean to Dallas plus two. Uh, Mavericks are still very good at home. 15 and five straight up at home. Uh, Boston has been struggling a bit lately as the Celtics are four and five straight up in their last nine. And Boston is 4 and one ATS in its last five road games. But Dallas at home is pretty tough to beat. You mentioned the Shea game or the lack thereof where he missed the game and they scored 150. I can't back Boston. I can't do it. Like, this team is the number one seed in the East, and yet I'm still not that impressed. I liked Missoula to win Coach of the Year in the, a couple months before this month, but Boston's been struggling a bit lately. Dallas is still very good at home. I get the argument that Boston's the much better team, which is why they're favored. But Dallas at home, once again, 15-5 and five straight up at home, and they're plus money. I'm kind of tempted by that angle. I'll take Dallas at home. This should be a really just interesting matchup because with the Celtics, got to feel like they're going to play a little bit better defensively, but I do think that they're starting to regress just a little bit, and I just mentioned it. It is a little bit tough to be able to take a look at these NBA games overnight. How do you go about just everything in general in terms of the randomness, in terms of guys that are starting slash sitting, and when do you typically place a lot of your bets? Because I'm sure that you, much like myself, have a very tough time betting on the NBA overnight. Yeah, I feel like for the NBA, it's kind of similar in a way to how we treated bowl season, but less extreme. While you are willing to sacrifice a little bit of line movement just to have some certainty about the injury reports, that's kind of why I treat the NBA uh, a certain way where I will make a play usually on the overnight if there's a back-to-back spot or I think there's a decent chance a team might be resting a player or two. But usually... You can see some early line moves, maybe a half point move, a full point move, and I might end up chasing to that degree if I think that the line's going to jump even higher. But usually most of my bets take place, I'd say, in the decent early hours of the morning, maybe 10 a.m., 11 a.m., if there has been some line movements already. And if you want to bet totals, blindly bet the over, because there's been a a bunch of overs, and a lot of people will constantly bet overs in today's NBA, especially for the past couple weeks. But... For me, most of my uh, bets actually come in at around 10 or 11 a.m. Once there's been a little bit of line move, but I can kind of speculate there's more on the horizon. And then I do want to get your thoughts on this as well, because something that I've just noticed in the NBA this year is that home court just seems like it's more meaningful now than it really ever has been. As we sit here on this very early Thursday morning out there on the East Coast, home teams are covering 54.3% of games. Do you think that this is something sustainable? And have you taken it into account of your handicapping? Or do you think that this is something that it might tail off a little bit? I think it's going to tail off to some degree. But, of course, I I include in the handicap. If a team is really good at home, like Dallas, for example, and they're really bad on the road, I'm probably not going to back them on the road. (laughs) But I do think that it's more selective in that way. It's tricky, though, because this year it's mattered. But Boston made the NBA Finals, and they couldn't win a home playoff game to save their lives. So it kind of varies depending on the team. Everything's kind of a case study for teams. Some teams are are extreme with it. Some teams aren't. 
I think that trend kind of matters more on a case-by-case basis, in my opinion. Uh, absolutely. And you've got a Golden State Warriors team that they have been incredible at home. They've been terrible on the road. And I think the Western Conference has just one team with a winning record on the road right now. And I think this is it's like the Denver Nuggets. So it's been. I know Portland was over 500 on the road. I'm not sure if they still are over 500 on the they road. They might be right but. at 500 as well. But I mean, man, it's been really brutal for these teams being able to hit the road. And has there been a few teams that just in recent weeks that you've been warming up on, maybe backing a little bit more like. For example, the uh, Philadelphia 76ers were a team that they were just pretty much on the no-fly list at the beginning part of the season. They've been able to really look a lot better, unable to cover against the Pacers, but they were able to get the outright win. Any sort of teams that over the last few weeks you've been either warming up on or, for that matter, cooling down on as well? Well, I've already unloaded all my stock on Phoenix, but if you want to keep fading Phoenix, (laughs) have fun. Because they just, I know they covered covered yesterday against Cleveland. They should have won the game. Uh, They were dominating most of the way through. But Phoenix, with all the off-court stuff with Aiton, just for reference, we're in 2023, offensive numbers are through the roof. Phoenix has scored less than 90 points. They've scored less than 89 in each of their last two games. That's almost unheard of in today's NBA. Like, they can't score. And I know Booker's injured, and he's their best player, and they're terrible when he doesn't play. But Aiton looks disinterested half the time, and there's rumors that the Suns might trade him, and Chris Paul's a lot older, and of course he can't carry the team anymore. Phoenix is a team that I've been basically just selling on for the last couple of weeks, and it's gone pretty well for me. One team I do like, though, is Memphis. Uh, I think Memphis is definitely a team that was really not afraid of blowing out bad teams. And we saw that yesterday against Charlotte. We know they no-showed the game on Christmas against Golden State. Then they no-showed the game against Phoenix. Since then, they've won each of their last four by double digits. I think that Memphis is a very good team, very deep, and I do think that they're a bit undervalued when you're looking at the Western Conference. I think they have a good shot to potentially win the West. But in the immediate future, I think a buy-on team is Memphis short-term. This team really looks loaded to go on a pretty decent run for the next month and a half or so. Yeah, but with the Memphis Grizzlies, when they are fully healthy, because we've seen them go through some injuries, mm-hmm. been very impressed by them. And I'm always impressed by you, Scott. You do absolutely amazing work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And I know that one of your main podcasts over there is the NBA Podcast, so... Always do appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Yep, thank you. NBA tennis, we cover it all over at SGPN. Yes, they certainly do, and Scott is a big part of that. Always does a great job whenever he joins me on the show, so big thanks to him. And coming up here in the final segment, we're going to go from the NBA, and we're going to go into some college basketball, give you guys what I like with my DK Nation pick, and just in general, some marquee games for Thursday. Next here on the Greg Peterson Experience, I'm Visa, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.
We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Work. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the sports betting network. Become a VSN Pro subscriber for just $79 and you get access to everything that we do now through the Big Dance. Sign up today and you'll also receive $20 to buy VSN Sports Betting. Hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear at our online store, and only VSN Pro subscribers get access to. All that we do with top plays made by VEASAN shows and guests, betting splits, and betting reports. This is a limited time offer, so sign up now and get VEASAN Pro access through the end of March Madness at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. As we're back here for the final segment of the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Always great to have Scott Reichel of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network aboard. Big thanks to him for joining me the last two segments. A little bit of a programming note. If you're listening live to the Greg Peterson Experience, coming up next, you're getting a replay of the Greg Peterson Experience. But if you're listening to the replay, 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern, follow the money, Mitch Moss, Paul Howard. They've got you guys covered. I'm sure that they're going to be checking in, seeing what the latest on DeMar Hamlin is. Hopefully we can continue to get good news. Things are warming up on that front. Taking a look at just this crazy Week 18 card, which just under normal circumstances, it's very, very difficult to be able to handicap. So they're going to be doing all that and so much more. Always a good time there. And hopefully we can make you guys some money in the meantime as we've got our DK Nation pick for college basketball, a day that it's going to have right around 80 college basketball games. I think it's 79 in total, but we've got a lot of games. So let's dive in with the battle for Los Angeles, 821, 822 on the board. USC is on the road facing off against UCLA and UCLA, they opened up as a 14-point favorite, a little bit too demonstrative as this has come down to anywhere between 11.5 and I'm seeing still a 13 out there as well. And your total on this game, it is between 140.5 and, and 141. And my right up here is on taking the side of USC with the points. I'm pretty much willing to take anything that is north of 9. I set this line at 9, so 9.5 or greater is a play for me on USC and they just have been able to do a relatively solid job against UCLA. Last time they lost to UCLA by more than 11 points. You have to go back to the Lonzo Ball era in 2017. These two teams, they typically play relatively close matchups. And you've got a USC squad that does a really good job of being able to defend from within. They're currently in the top 15 in all of college basketball in terms of opponents field goal shooting percentage, and that goes a fourth in terms of two-point shooting percentage, and on the road, it actually amplifies even more to number four with that regard, so they've done a great job there, and a big reason why Joshua Morgan, their big man, who's able to give them right around 2.8 blocks per contest, not a demonstrative score with right around nine or so points per game, but it's been able to do a solid job on that front, so USC does a good job of being able to protect the paint, and they go up against a UCLA team that they're not looking to take a bunch of threes. UCLA, eighth lowest in terms of percentage of shots that come from three-point range, right around 25.1% of them do come from distance. Now, this is a UCLA team that they do a good job of being able to protect the ball, and they should be able to win the sort of ball control, I guess you could call it battle, and that they do a nice job only turning the ball over right around nine and a half times per game. Meanwhile, in terms of turnovers, force on a per-possession basis, their team that they rank in the top 15 in all of college basketball. As a matter of fact, they are generating about 7.4 more seals per game than they commit. So their turnover margin is plus 7.4. And a big reason why is this backcourt as you've got Tiger Campbell is really efficient for this team. Chips in there a little bit over seal per game, 13 and a half points. Shoots 37% three. Jaime Alcas, along with Jalen Clark, they've been able to combine for just under 31 and a half points per contest. 13 rebounds between the two of them and Clark. One of the better Swiss Army Knife guys here you're able to find in all of college basketball. 2.7 seals per game. You've got Hawkeyes, who's able to give you 1.7 per game. And Clark is able to shoot 35.5% from three. But Amari Bailey is going to be out of the fold. 
for this UCLA team. He's been able to give the team nine and a half points. Really one of their most athletic players came in as a five-star recruit. They're shooting right around 36.5% from three-part range. So the depth is a little bit thin with this UCLA team. Meanwhile, for USC, got the man with the great last name, and that would be our good friend Drew Peterson, who's been able to do an absolutely incredible job of being a stat sheet sufferer for this team. Probably the most versatile player outside of Clark Pratt. I wouldn't say in the Pac-12, but certainly in this game. 14 points, 7 boards, 5.3 assists, shoots 33.5% from 3. It's a six foot eight, do-it-all sort of player. Boogie Ellis, he chips in there 16 points, shoots 37.5% from 3-part range. And then if I had guys like a Trey White, who's been able to give you 9 points, 5.5 rebounds, chip in. Kobe Johnson, 7.5 points. Four and a half rebounds, just under three assists per game for the gentleman that comes in from the great state of Wisconsin. So USC has been able to do a great job on that front. They've got good familiarity with this UCLA team. So I do think that they're going to do a good job of being able to hold in there. And I do think that with USC, their turnover woes being rectified a little bit. It gives them a little bit of hope as well as USC. They enter into this game 269th in all of college basketball in terms of turnovers on a per possession basis, but they've had 12 or fewer in five out of their last eight games. So they've done a good job of being able to shape up on that front, being able to just keep better control of the ball. And I do think that with UCLA being a team that really looks to drive the ball inside, that being the forte of USC, their, their interior defense, that they are going to be able to hang within this summer. So my write-up here, it is taking the points with USC. Both of these teams, relatively mid-tempo teams. Both of these teams, they rank within the top 150 in terms of possessions per game, but outside the top 100. So I do think that you're going to get a relatively controlled game, especially with UCLA being a top 20 team in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. USC more in that neighborhood of 60th. So a circumstance where semi total 140, one to dive under my DK Nation write-up. That is taking the points with USC. How about if we stay OS as we've got a lot of interesting action, including Gonzaga being on the road as a double-figure favorite, something that we have seen a lot in recent years, 839, 840 on the betting board. The Dons of San Francisco are the ones that are playing us Gonzaga. Gonzaga opened up a 9.5-point favorite. They're up to 10 in most spots, seeing a straight 10.5 out there as well with your total 156. And with Gonzaga, they're coming off of scoring 110 points against Pepperdine. And no, I do think that they are going to be able to put up quite a few points in this game. I don't think that it's going to be quite 110, but I think that they cover the summer. I set Gonzaga as a 12-point favorite. They've been really having issues in terms of the backcourt and just really the point guard spot. As Nolan Ickman, he only played like 15 minutes in that game against Pepperdine, really delivered a big nothing burger, and go figure. It was the best game of the year, and Drew Timmy has been absolutely incredible for this team. His defense leaves a little bit of something to be desired, but offensively, he's one of the best offensive big men that you're going to find in all of college basketball. He's been able to do a very supreme job being able to put in there right around 22 or so points per contest. Still one of the better rebounders that you're going to find with A-plus rebounds per game. And he's going up against a San Francisco team that they do have a pair of guys in Sasha Gilgabrea along with Vladimir Murkowski. Both of these guys stand a little bit more than 7 feet tall, so they are able to give you some size down low, but I don't think that they're going to be any match for Mr. Drew Timmy, both of those guys are, needless to say, not very good offensive players as well. So there is that aspect of it. And for San Francisco, I thought they would be a little bit better than a 33.3% three-point shooting team. Tyro Ghost Roberts has been able to shoot about 38% from three-point range. But Marcus Williams, I still remember while I was at Wyoming, was able to average 14 points per game as a true freshman. He just has not been able to find that form. He's been okay at giving the team three assists. He does a good job with his on-ball defending, and San Francisco overall, they rank right around 80th in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis, but really leaving something to be desired on the offensive end, and then you have to go up against Julian Strother along with, as well, Rajir Bolton, who have been able to combine for 23.5 points per game. They combined to shoot over 40% from three-point range, and Gonzaga, if you took a look at them just three and a half weeks ago, they were a team that was outside the top 50 in terms of points scored on a per-possession basis, Shock, shock, surprise, surprise. They're back within the top 10. With this regard, they're currently number nine in terms of points scored on a per-possession basis in all of college basketball. I do think that they're going to be able to reign supreme once again. With the Dons, I do think that they're going to be able to show a little bit of a heartbeat on defense. I did set my total at a 156. I know that right now we're seeing a few 156 and a halves. That would be my buy point on the under. So this is one with a lot of places anywhere between 156, 156 half. I'm going to be in wait and see mode on this total. If we get down to 155, 
Good spot to be able to buy in on the over. We get up to more around 157 or so. It's going to be a good chance to be able to buy in on the underside. So I'm playing that, but with Gonzaga, did make them a 12-point favorite. So I'm going to be willing to lay the number. And then this is just one that I have to give you very quickly since we're in the final minute here. But Washington versus Arizona, 843-844 on the betting board. Arizona is an 18-point favorite with a total of 154.5. Arizona's been able to shape up on defense, giving up 70 points or fewer in each other last five games. So I do like the under, but with Washington, I do think that their big men should be a hold up in this one. They do have to go up against an Arizona team that shooting about 37% from three, but I think that they're doing for a little bit of three-point shooting regression. And the Keons, Keon Menefield, he shoots 37% from three for this Washington team of Washington as Keon Brooks being able to generate about 14.5 points, six half rebounds per game. That should be able to keep them live. Set my line at 16, so I'm going to be taking the points with Washington to go along with that total under. And now we had our VEASAN Pro Tip for our number three, VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all these. You're able to sort them by show and by sport. And the pro tip here is take a listen to what these coaches are saying at the press conferences for these teams that are out, that are not competing for playoff spots, that are sort of locked in because they will give you an indicator of whether or not they're going to be starting their starters. And our starters, that would be Mitch Moss, Paul Howard, 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern. Follow the money comes your way here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.